It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard.com senior editor, Katie Atkinson. What's up, Keith? Hello, Katie. Hi. Uh, We are back together. Same room. So happy Happy together. Finally in the room together after about a month. (laughs) It actually has been like like a month yeah. since we've physically been no together. Joke. Yeah. Because uh, we recorded our um, sort of Christmas spectacular with Darlene Love, and then we took a break, and then we were on different continents last week. We made it work. Made it work. Um, and now we are back, and I like doing it this way. Yes. More. <laughs> it's just better for everyone involved. It's just better. Um, uh, so yes, happy to be back and, um, uh, happy to say that the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show... We've got a positively electric guest. Heyo. It's electric guest. It's electric guest. <laughs> uh, uh, the, Had to say that, the, obviously. Uh, yes, well, you know, uh, I thought, you know, kind of, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> um, alternative pop duo electric guest is our guest this week. Uh, so stay tuned for that interview later on in the show. Plus, we've got big chart news to dive into. And boy, howdy, do we. Ed Sheeran debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Shape of You and scores a second debut straight into the top 10 with Castle on the Hill. Over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, the La La Land soundtrack storms to the number two spot on the list, while the Moana soundtrack hangs out in the top three. It's just a big week for soundtracks, Mm -hmm. evidently. Plus, the Hamilton cast recording hits a major milestone in sales that is rarely seen by cast recordings we'll talk about all that and of course much more as we always do but first before we get started if you enjoy the podcast subscribe to the show on itunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it if you have any questions for us you can tweet us at keith underscore caulfield or kt atkinson and if you want to explore more podcasts from billboard Visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. 
um, not on the script, but I thought we should probably talk about it, is we are inaugurating a new president this week, a totally music-related topic, because our outgoing president, President Barack Obama, is a two-time Grammy Award-winning artist. Sure. And he will be, uh, the, our new president, Donald J. Trump, is uh, not a Grammy Award winner. <laughs> Yet. Yet. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Stranger do. things have happened. Truth. Um, I did find that kind of interesting to, I, I always, because, you know, here at Billboard, you know, we, we like to talk about things that are music related. And I always found it fascinating how um, sort of looking at presidents who actually have won Grammys, who have had chart histories. Um, and both, I believe both Barack and his wife, Michelle, have had chart histories to some extent. I don't think Donald Trump has had like any sort of like guest turns or anything um yet <laughs> yet you never know mac miller had a song called donald trump oh he did yeah um <laughs> donald trump doesn't like that song <laughs> oh it's not a very flattering song it was written before he ran for president hmm. it was it was more like about a rich guy right you know right. but he's still he's not a fan of mac miller um <laughs> well um lots of performers well certain well i wouldn't say lots uh, there are some performers. There will be performers. There will be performers performing at various inauguration ceremonies uh, uh, this week. They don't include Jennifer Holiday. Don't include Jennifer Holiday, um, but do include uh, so far three doors down, uh, Toby Keith and the Piano Guys, um, and there might be others that are have yet to be named. There's a few more floating around. So Sam of Sam and Dave, right? Jackie Ivanko, Travis Green, gospel singers. Uh, yes. Um, so. You know, who knows, uh, considering the kind of coverage that uh, any news or just murmurs of these performers have been getting, who knows what kind of chart impact they'll see in the next week after um, the inauguration, because no doubt there will be a lot of coverage of these performances, um, as we saw in the past when, you know, Aretha Franklin, Kelly Clarkson, and Beyonce all performed for Mm -hmm. Barack Obama. So stay tuned for that in the next few weeks. We'll see how things shake out. But this week on the show... Let's talk about the Hot 100. Uh, Big news on the chart. Ed Sheeran makes history as the first artist to debut two songs inside the top 10 at the same time. Wow. I know. It's it's weird to think that that's never happened. Um, We've kind of come close. Like, I think Beyonce did it. uh, She had, like, number 10 and, like, 12 or something. Because it's become a thing where, like somebody surprise releases an album and right. then like all the tracks end up on the hot 100 but we, just not two in the top 10 again just not in the top 10 and you know what ed sheeran did was kind of unique he he released not one but two teaser tracks from his upcoming album divide uh shape of you and castle on the hill it's inter- interesting to see also how one just like rocketed because you could almost worry that releasing two songs means it would split up the airtime that each of them would get but shape of you is clearly the poppier of the two and that's the one i believe that is actually the official radio single that's the one they're promoting to radio okay so it was naturally going to have you know sort of more oomph and airplay but it actually sold a heck of a lot more than castle on the hill oh interesting um shape of you sold 240,000 downloads in its first week comparatively castle on the hill sold 171,000 kind of skipping around a little bit here on our script um so you know the sales obviously are very robust for both songs shape of you still did a lot better shape of you is the more kind of uh rhythmic-y mm-hmm. kind yeah. of hip-hop-ish Yes. Kind of. Hip-hop adjacent. Hip-hop adjacent. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's all about how the shape of someone's body is very appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Castle on the Hill is not about the shape of someone's nope. body. Castle on the Hill, about childhood, yes. castles. Quite different castles <laughs> and childhood. Irish castles. <laughs> Irish castles. Um, <laughs> um, well, Sharon actually said in a statement, and by the way, this is Ed's first number one as an artist on the Hot 100. Yeah, I mean, we saw how Thinking Out Loud was stuck at number two forever. Eight weeks. Yeah. And um, so it's it's amazing to not only get his first number one, but to debut there. Yes. Yeah. It's a nice way of sort of, you know, gosh darn it, I'm going to get a number one and debut yeah. there. Yes. And he did. Um, he said in a statement, um, and the statement I believe was sort of widely released, but you may have not seen it yet. He said, quote, it feels amazing to debut at number one in the U.S., especially after being away for so long. Topping the Hot 100 for the first time and to have Castle on the Hill also debut in the top 10, I'm speechless. I really wanted to come back with these or with with those two songs to show the different sides of my music and what people can expect on Divide. The response to both songs has been absolutely incredible. I can't wait to share the rest of the album. Um, so he was speechless, and yet he still had some things to say. <laughs> and yet it, there was a tiny speech from him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shape of You is the 27th song to debut at number one in the history of the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Got Katie. a great gallery on Billboard.com where you can see all 27 songs. Oh, shoot. I was going to say, Katie, can you name the first song to debut oh, at number one? The first ever? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Could I have a, like a year or time frame? Uh, I believe it was 1995. Oh, okay. That at least... Is it like... Mariah Carey? No, but you're kind of in the ballpark with okay. sort of superstars. Celine Dion? No, think man. Ma- Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. Okay. 95. That's too late for black or white. Yeah. Um, 95. It's a ballad. I don't know. You are not alone. Oh, I, yeah. I remember. That was the video with Lisa Marie Presley, right? Yeah. Yep. And lots of skin and towels. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize that debuted at number one. Pretty yeah. interesting. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. We have actually covered everything else that we were going to cover about Ed Sheeran this week. Um, notably, though, um, Bad and Bougie, which was number one last week, it is squished down to number two on the Hot 100 and would have been number one. It actually had a big gain. Yeah, I mean, it actually gained. Yeah. So if, I mean, if Ed holds on, then maybe, you know, he'll hold off Bad and Bougie again. But Bad Bad and Bougie could actually grow to number one again next week. Totally. I'm guessing Migos are happy with with their one week. (laughs) If if nothing else ever happens, like... Holy crap! Migos are no- were number one in the country last week. Yeah, it's 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 been a weird month with between uh, people. Clearly wanted like that exact like Black Beatles was ma- massive, and then Bad and Bougie right after it. Like clearly a sound was missing, and then was present. Yes, and then we moved on to Ed Sheeran, and then and then Ed Sheeran came along, and then Ed Sheeran came along. <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, over on the Billboard 200 chart, the soundtrack to La La Land, which I saw for the first time this past weekend, um, and Katie saw it as well. Seen it twice. You've seen it twice. I saw it twice. Um, Well, the soundtrack jumps to number two on the Billboard 200, scoring a huge gain uh, this week in equivalent album units. Um, And this all follows how the album had a really, really big night at the Golden Globes last Sunday uh, when it won a record seven Golden Globe Awards. Uh, That is the most ever Golden Globes for a film. And um, the soundtrack actually replaces another soundtrack at number two, Moana, 
um, which was number two last week, and this week it's number three. Uh, notably, uh, with La La Land and Moana both in the top three at the same time, the weekend actually is still number one, by the way, with Starboy. With La La Land and Moana at numbers two and three, that gives the chart two soundtracks in the top three at the same time for the first time in more than a year and a half. Um, mm. It last occurred back in May of 2015 when Pitch Perfect 2 was number one and the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack was number three. Um, as I mentioned a second ago, Starboy uh, by the weekend is still number one. Um, and it's fended off Moana and La La Land in both weeks because of its huge lead in streaming equivalent yeah. album units. Uh, Moana and La La Land were both uh, respectively the top selling albums of the past two weeks. Um, but in terms of overall consumption, Starboy is just uh, kind of a bit ahead of them. It's kind of kind of like what Drake was doing last year with Views, where mm-hmm. you'd have like, you know someone have have the top selling album of the week but it just couldn't compete with the streams of views yeah um so will la la land gets number one in the next week or two or maybe after the oscars could be i think oscar nominations are later this month maybe? yeah nominations are coming right up and then the show i can't remember if it's the end of next month or beginning of march this year it varies yeah i um what did you think of all because we haven't actually talked about la la land what did you think of it oh i loved it i was obsessed with it uh it made me cry a lot and the music is just lovely yeah it's such a throwback i loved it i i didn't know what to expect totally Mm. um for for the you know for those of you listening because you must be listening if you're listening um (laughs) that didn't make any sense but you know what i mean um I went into the movie thinking it was going to be like an old-fashioned razzle-dazzle musical, and it was in many ways, but there were um, kind of elements to it and twists to it that I was surprised by. Interesting. And um, it, it though you do walk out of that theater, and I still have been since seeing it this past Saturday— Humming the songs from the movie. Yep. Um, City of Stars. Especially. <laughs> I suspect so it'll, you know, get an Academy Award nomination. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, because there are so many songs in the film, um, not just City of Stars, but also there's a track by John Legend um, that has a big moment in the movie. And there's also a, a really big... And I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen the movie, but there's a really big, like, show-stopping number at the top of the movie. Oh, yeah. Which kind of screams out Academy Award. Kind of rambled there a bit about La La Land, mm-hmm. but um, definitely worth seeing. You will be uh, humming the music for a good long while afterwards. Um, elsewhere on the Billboard 200 at number six is the original Broadway cast recording of Hamilton, an American musical. Uh I failed to acknowledge this uh, on last week's show, but the cast recording actually surpassed one million copies sold in the United States in the week ending January 5th. Now, that is only the ninth cast recording to have actually sold a million copies since Nielsen started tracking sales back in 1991. Uh, that doesn't mean that only nine albums have ever, nine cast albums have ever sold a million copies in the history of music, because obviously, you know, Nielsen did not exist back in the 50s and 60s when there were lots of... When musicals were a big deal. Yes. Um, 
But at least in the past 25 or so years, only nine have sold a million. And it's a very big deal for anything to sell a million copies, frankly. And for Hamilton to have done it, that's a pretty big deal. So that's all I had to say was kudos to Hamilton for selling a million copies. Just more amazing Hamilton news. Um, by the way, the best-selling uh, uh, cast recording in the Nielsen music era since 1991 is actually the highlights edition of the original London cast recording of Phantom of the Opera hmm. with 4.97 million sold. Whoa. Yeah, and that's just the highlights version. Wow. The uh, full, robust two-disc version mm-hmm. uh, is separate, and that's sold another amount. <laughs> that was, that, was, that uh, musical was a little bit of a hit. Kind, kind of, of a hit. Kind of a hit. <laughs> um, I think now it is time for... Our guest interview, Katie. Yes, with Electric Guest. Um, the duo came into the LA office right at the top of the new year to talk about Plural, their first new album in five years. Um, the duo is made up of singer-songwriter Asa Tacone, who is the brother of the Lonely Islands, Yorma Tacone, and drummer Matthew Compton. And they put out their debut album, Mondo, back in 2012 and got a lot of critical buzz from that. Um, they have a pair of brand new songs from the new album that are already out, Dear to Me, featuring Haim, and Back for Me. Both are definitely worth checking out. Which is the song that, that I've been hearing on KCRW here in Los oh, Angeles? Oh, Dear for, to Me. Yeah. Dear to Me is was their first single. They put it out in November uh, for this new project. Super catchy. I love the song. And the video is great, too. It includes Haim and Andy Samberg. Um, you know, friend of the band because of the Lonely, Lonely Island, Island. etc. Yes. Um, and actually, these guys both worked on the music for Pop Star, the Lonely Island movie, oh. as well. So there's like, they're all intertwined and linked. There's a lot of pop connections there. Pop, pop connections. Star, yeah. And uh, they hit the road starting next month at a sold out gig in San Francisco and wrapping up in LA at the end of March. So check out our interview, learn a little more about the guys, and see why it's been a while since we last heard from Electric Guests. Hello to Asa and Matthew from Electric Guest, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Hi. We're in the cavernous uh, conference room in the Billboard Hollywood Reporter offices right now, um, recording with the guys, and uh, I actually want to launch right into talking about Dear to Me because I'm obsessed with it. Oh, hell yeah. It's It's so good. It's the first single from Electric Guest's new album, Plural, which will be your first album in five years, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> I, can lose it. I know, it's true. You know, I was actually thinking about it yesterday. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I mean, I was terrified. The last couple of years, we were both like, Dude, are we done? Like, what's the, what's the deal? Because we've just taken so long. But now I'm kind of glad that there was this chunk of time between albums because i feel like both of us feel like it's a different band in a way you know and we we tried to make some left turns just musically just where we just weren't in the same place yeah and so i think it just there's a little bit of breathing room like for us to just be like a lot of new a lot of new people like coming at us just thinking it's our first album which i'm not mad at yeah you know it's just like uh, this have you heard the album i've only heard uh four or five songs or five that songs, amy sent yeah. me yeah it's just you know there's some just some a little bit it's just a, it's just different musically, and so I think I'm grateful for it, and I'm grateful that the song is getting love because you could wait five years and then have people be like, I don't care at all. <laughs> sure. You know? And we still have to make up, we still have to 
be on our grind this year and like make up for those years for sure because we just yeah it kind of feels like we're starting over it does feel like we're starting over it's cool though because you'll bring in those fans that do know you guys too and then you'll you'll come up with a whole new audience which is uh, for me actually i heard dear to me for the first time on uh kcrw and i thought it was the first time i heard you guys but then i realized when i listened to um uh, the head I hold. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I know this song. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, and so yeah. I realized I actually knew you guys already too. You know, but that's good. I li- I like that. You know that you were, that you thought it was the first time. Like that. That's. I think that's where both of us are at. Yeah. <laughs> Wanting it to be the first time. And it's gotten a lot of love critically right now. What kind of feedback have you been getting from your fans? Um, it's all been positive. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know how like feel good people. Would think it was. I didn't think like. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought it was just kind of like we got off the the video and the whole making of the song was super personal. It was just just our friends really. We just asked favors. That's pretty much the whole video from 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 the cars in the video to just any cameo. It was just like people that were our our homies and that had listened to the song you know privately with us that liked it, and so we we just. It, and you know my mom and sister ended up being in the video and it just ended up being this personal thing but I didn't know how much it would translate as this like overall feeling yeah. of love and but I yeah. forgot that, that the like this girl on set brought her dog and the Heim girls like the dog like, ran up and one of the Heim girls grabbed it and then it was like oh shit like we have this is you know it's just like people hugging dogs and, <laughs> we, also you know? did, we also did get some hate mail Oh yeah, yeah. We about got some. What? We got some harsh comments about what, the, the about same sex shit. Yeah, like, stop. Kiss it. It's like, what, what year is it? That's exactly yeah. what we were. Saying. That was great. I was <laughs> we like, were oh, kind of like, we don't need you as a fan, then. right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Gonna here. Yeah. You're not like, for us then. Like yeah. a lot of <laughs> move people. Along. Yeah, that's that's true. A lot of people did like unliking and unfollowing, which is like that's great. Like don't Come show up to the you know, mess up the vibe. I mean, I think that it makes sense, though, because the song itself is so sweet. I mean, the chorus itself is sweet. Like, just the concept of dear to me is just a nice, sincere, you know, idea. Yeah. And the video reflects that for sure. And it's funny, too, because I think I was nervous, like, uh, with the whole political climate Mm. that that I'm like, damn, like, because we wrote this record before any of these big shifts that are happening now. And I was like, did we miss the boat? Is this, like, is this sentiment... Which I never meant to be saccharine in any way, you know what I mean? But it was just this honest kind of like I I was trying to get away from like pre- the pretension of like mis- mysterious lyrics and like I wanted to write like just a real record about just relationships and mm-hmm. and and things that were happening in my life. And I was like, damn, did we miss the boat? Because you know now I feel like it's we're ushering in this new era. I won't go into that, but <laughs> but but well, but I think people. Actually, vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. people, they, they people need it. Yeah, it's like counter programming. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. Which I never would have thought initially. I would have thought like, oh damn, now we gotta, we should write some dark record. Well, it will be interesting to see what music comes out in the next four years, right? Yeah, like, totally. If it's gonna totally. be a bottom, you know. Totally. Yeah. Angry, well, it'll be. Sad, it'll be curious. Aggressive well, sounding yeah. music or what? Yeah. Um, that's that's terrifying. But um, back to the video. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, we could get down a very like scary path there. Um, uh, you mentioned that you had some friends pop by. Um, Andy Samberg's in the video. Uh, Haim, who also are featured on the song. Um, their vocals are amazing on the song, too. It's, is that something that you uh, wrote ahead of time and then had them come in and record, or did they come up with it? Or um, No, we, yeah, we like, I had written that part before, and actually. Matthew's friend I want to give her some shit Alex Lilly yeah Alex Lilly she's in this other band called uh, Touche and is Touche 
She's in a she, couple bands. I, yeah, I think they broken up. She's kind of doing a solo thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's an amazing singer. And she, yeah. to her credit, I sang the first part just as a reference thing, but she killed it on that that track, too. Haim is, of course, going to get, you know, the limelight because they're right. there. <laughs> yeah. And also, they killed it, too. It's like the, the three of them, it's very rare that you can get people in the booth where, <laughs> where like they've been singing for 20 years together you know what I mean and they and you I recorded them on one mic it wasn't separate and it was not about being like pitch perfect or anything and they just they killed it they sound so just unified and solid the way like bands in the 60s would you totally. get like session players and people just show up and just murder it but but it was the same with Andy like he him and and, and Joanna his wife mm-hmm. like they I I remember before their honeymoon, they had they had heard a couple things, heard a couple demos, and they were like, "Send us, like, send us, you know, the album." And they were the only people that I sent them, like maybe ten songs. Dear to me was one of them, and they were just so. This was a year ago when they, whenever they got married, and or after they got married, um, and they just championed it so hard, and we ended up getting Joanne on our, on the album too. She plays Amazing. harp on something, um, but. But it was it was I I questioned that like oh should I have Andy such a star like should, is that doing too much to, to to have him but he was he's been so good to us the whole time he I mean he was there for everything from like artwork notes to like just kind of just telling us which songs that he really gravitated to and and he was one of the only people that had heard it there was like six people we played it for you know pretty much like just a couple of our friends and and so he immediately he was just like oh I definitely want to be in the video you know? yeah. It, was, it worked out. It worked out. I think. I think we had him in there without it being too like. <laughs> we got, you know, like someone out of our league. He's not you know? crazy featured. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, his his cameo was very casual. He's just kind of chilling. Totally, it's totally. good. Um, uh, backing up just a little bit. Um, you put out your debut album Mondo in 2012 and got a ton of great buzz from that project. And um, your single, This Had I Hold, which I men- mentioned, or I, you did get a lot of good buzz from it. No, right? yeah, we were like, damn, 2012. <laughs> yeah, I know what he just said. He's like, when, Jesus. Actually, when we were first emailing, the year 2000. five yeah. years ago, does not, like, 2012 seems like a million years it ago. Does, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously you both have stayed busy. And is that kind of been like, I know you, you were already talking about, like, kind of the break you took but um, from Electric Guest. But, like, you know, what kind of brought you back together to, to make this album? Uh, I mean, we've always been... Yeah, we were always writing. In a room yeah. writing together, yeah. no matter what. Like, I mean, I I left and did some touring with my friend Rodrigo Amarante. Mm-hmm. And Devendra. Uh, yeah, and Devendra. Um, and did, a, actually, a movie called Popstar uh, yes. with Andy as well. So, like, we were kind of always spread over here, and then we would come back and do something, spread over here, and come back and do something, and... You know, you had produced, uh, you produced Nine Pound Shadow in that break as well. Yeah, I produced a couple, couple yeah, of Yeah, you did some other too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not like you guys were just sitting around or no, something. No, but, yeah, but, like. But, 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 but you're right. I mean, the really, we really, we wrote a whole other album. Yeah, we had a, yeah. yeah. We had a whole other album. Really? That basically we turned in a year and a half ago and the labels were like, no. And it was kind of heartbreaking, but I think it was necessary. It was a yeah. much more somber album, mm-hmm. much more. And we really didn't play it for anybody. It was just kind of like, here you go. And like, and and it was this thing where like I I produced it myself, and I was kind of like adamant about it because on the last one, like our mentor and brother for sure, Danger Mouse, like he mm-hmm. produced the first album with me, and I think he I didn't realize like he gave us so much. I mean, he just he's 
he was the type of dude that would, I mean, he drove to like Arizona for our, one of our first shows just to see it and give us notes. Like he was there with us the whole way guiding us and, and he helped us so much, but, but he's, he was such a big force Mm. that I really wanted to see like who we were on our own. Sure. And so, so that the first album that we turned in a year and a half ago was just, it was 12 totally different songs and and the feedback we got it was it kind of like broke us after all at least me like it was hard at first i was like no you don't understand this album's amazing and then after a while i kept writing and then we wrote other stuff that were like this is better and then within a year we just wrote this the album that that is going to come out so this this new one happened pretty fast even though it seems like this massive chunk of time was taking because we wrote so many other songs for this other thing that was overall a slower much more darker and two of those songs are oh yeah on that record are on this album yeah so we're using some of it but yeah yeah. one of the ones joanna plays on zero and then glorious glorious warrior Warrior, this this other one we went we were in a dark place in this you know just a difficult time and for some years we were caught up in this thing and and I think the songs reflected that. Right. And then it really, a lot of the album, this album is coming out of that. It's like, oh, the light is coming back into our lives. And I think that in a great way, it it really, all, the songs are optimistic um, because it's this transition out of that time, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes Dear sense. to Me was one of the first ones we wrote after that we started the new quote unquote new record. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's yeah. Why did you want that to be kind of like the introduction to this new project? I thought, I mean, I don't know about you, but. I thought it like summed up everything that this new album kind of has. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and it's not so crazy just, you know, distant from the first record. Right. Like, there's some things that kind of translate and, you know, there's other songs on the new record that are way more modern and more out of our normal, you know, wheelhouse of what we normally do. But like, yeah, I think it, yeah, it summed it up pretty nicely. Totally. Everything I've heard so far is like super catchy, like earwormy, like for sure. Like the chorus is all stuck with me, oh, right you know? Awesome. So oh, it's awesome. And it's funny. I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously right here in the title of our podcast, we're like the pop shop or whatever. Yeah. I know maybe you guys don't do or don't identify as pop. Oh, but like, I love oh, pop. I love we see, we love straight that. identify That's, as pop. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like you just have like such a great like pop vibe for sure. So I think now more and more I'm like, because music has changed so much in mm. the last five years and especially like we kind of came came out of the end of this kind of like indie rock era, which I don't think we ever wanted to be identified with but our first album was that there was kind of no denying it and it was you know it was a solid from the early 2000s to the end of the 2000s there was a real wave of a certain type of music that was happening and yeah. a lot of bands that were associated with that and that i think has changed a lot i don't think those bands exist in the same way at all yeah and i don't think we wanted to be a part our first album was our first album but it's it's as first albums go it's just you're you're just beginning to see like who am i musically and i think th- this one this one's definitely more in in the i think us in a way mm-hmm. that's that's awesome that's an achievement yeah um and you're gonna hit the road starting in february uh you kick off february 21st in san francisco and that first date is already sold out which is awesome Sweet. so congrats yeah. on that <laughs> um and you're on the road through the end of march when you'll play right here in los angeles are you looking forward to getting out and playing this new music yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. I think it'll live. It'll be a different thing in a way mm-hmm. because it is a lot of a lot of the album does have like an electronic element, not in the mm-hmm. way you think of electronic, but it has a synthetic album. So we're kind of approaching it with this complete mix of of 
acoustic based instruments and like you know synthetic elements yeah. in a way that we're still playing everything you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's not just karaoke crusade you right know what I mean? <laughs> yeah which you see a lot of which is cool i mean some 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 of that works but i i'm always a little i always think it's it's nice to have it be a little more dynamic yeah if you're gonna go see a band live you want to see them actually playing something versus just listening to it totally totally um yeah we've definitely taken some huge strides with our live set and it's been a headache and a half but we're getting there <laughs> oh, yeah, so. yeah. We've been working hard, so please come see it. <laughs> is so is the instrumentation like totally different, like from when people might have seen you right after Mondo to now? Like, uh, yeah, slightly. I mean, we also have new players with us. Mm. Um, we have two new people playing with us live, and yeah, I think we're trying to kind of approach everything, even taking our old stuff and kind of making it a little more yeah fresh yeah, and yeah. new for anyone that is familiar with it or has seen us in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were pretty anti computers in general like last time we were like no and and actually like labels kind of didn't get mad at us but they were like you they were like you could benefit i mean you're only four people and really i'm not playing a lot on on stage i'm mostly just like you know singing Mm -hmm. um and so i think we just embraced the computer a bit more not in a way like in i think in a tasteful way but we'll see Yeah. yeah yeah definitely from what I've heard, it's very tasteful. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're good. Um, you know, you mentioned some of the artists that you've worked with, and I'm wondering, since it's the beginning of the year, do you have any artists or groups that you're really, like, looking at in 2017 or that you want to give some shine to that, that you really love? I mean, artists that haven't come out yet. Like, I, like my, my two homeboys, Cole and Jeremiah, have this project called The Homie, okay. one word, and I think that, I think it's going to pop off i love the name already yeah it's <laughs> it's so good it's so good we were messing around in the studio last night and it's i think it's gonna be fire awesome and i think they're gonna i think they're they're like signing a deal right now so amazing so, yeah all right look for the homie how about you matthew i got nothing right now i've been up my own butt trying to figure out our stuff you got friends though big search he's he yeah, came big search. Out yeah, yeah yeah big like, search came up with a record mm-hmm. um and i think he's amazing he's gonna be doing a lot of touring uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> I produced a band called Nine Pound Shadow that Danger Mouse signed okay. to his 30th Century imprint. And they come out, they only have two songs uh, that are out right now, but they come out with something, I think, when we drop ours in February. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like folky 60s little psyche some stuff like that awesome Mm -hmm. yeah it's cool um and i'm also wondering uh given the fact that you guys have worked like on pop star with lonely island what's kind of the difference when you're writing your like straightforward electric guest music and when you're writing these like parody songs or working on this music that's supposed to be you know over the top or supposed to be inspired by another type of genre or something like that like, I mean, for me, it's just, you're working on someone else's music. It's not your yeah. music. You, it's collectively your music. And I think that, like, you know, you're really, when you're doing stuff for f- TV or film or any of that stuff, you're going for an aesthetic that you want your s- style to come through or your imprint to come through on it, but really you kind of don't because you need it to be something that, you know, is kind of, if it's a score, it needs to, you kind of got to not notice it in a weird way. <laughs> right. You know? But also kind of spark these emotional things with you throughout the film but I mean I don't know I think that stuff is fun to do it's fun to get out of your own head and not make music 
to where you feel like this embodies all of me. It's right. fun to just be like, yeah, here's a thing. Enjoy it. And that's it. And like, you'll probably never listen to it again. That's cool. <laughs> or like, you'll enjoy it for comedy and then that's what it is. It's not to be taken seriously or it's not to be taken whatever. It's just, I don't know. I that think sounds that, liberating. Yeah, it's good. Well, it's also a good exercise and just like yourself and getting out of your own head and basically being like, uh, I could write something and send it to those guys and they wouldn't like it and tell me why. And I'd be like, oh, great. I'm realizing something about myself that I could improve upon uh, and that always will benefit you. Sure. Yeah. That's amazing. That was like the most amazing answer to that question. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, amazing. You guys have been so great. Thank you for coming in and good luck with everything in 2017. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. so much to electric guest for stopping by um super excited for this album i've heard like five songs from it so far they're all great and if you if you like the guys if you like the little snippets of songs definitely uh check them out starting off the year right with uh two kind of like uh interviews with 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 artists that we feel that we've sort of kind of grown to like you know and love in relatively recent times, yes, James Ensign McMorrow and Electric Castle. Both of them are, you know, fringe on the world of fringe pop. pop. Like we totally acknowledge that. But we actually talked about in the interview, as you just heard, that uh, that the Electric Guest guys love pop and identify as pop. So you know, pop is such a wide ranging yes, term. It is. Um, well, now it is time for our chart stat of the week. <laughs> 30 years ago this week, a performer who was then best known as the star of a hit TV series scored his first hit single as Bruce Willis arrived on the Billboard Hot 100 with his cover of Respect Yourself. I really love Moonlighting, by the oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> Along uh, with a huge Civil Shepherd fan. Well, um, <laughs> the single, uh, and of course he was a star, the co-star of yes. Moonlighting, um, and he was a co-star of Moonlighting at the time of this song's popularity, so it, even more uh, cosmic confluences. <laughs> uh, the single, which was a rework of the 1971 hit single by the Staples singer, debuted at number 55 on the Hot 100, dated January 17th, 1987, and peaked at number 5 in March of that year. It was the lead single from Willis's debut album, The Return of Bruno, which launched two further hits on the Hot 100, though neither of them reached the top 40. Respect Yourself was greatly enhanced by the added but uncredited vocals of the Pointer Sisters, including what amounted to co-lead vocals by the sister trio's June Pointer. When you watch the video and listen to the song, there is a woman who effectively, like, sings, like, half the song with Bruce Willis, and that's June Pointer. There like, were no rules back then. Yeah. You didn't have to credit anything. Yeah, like, there, it's not like <laughs> Bruce Willis featuring June Pointer or the right. Pointer Sisters. They're <laughs> right. not even, like, I don't even see them on the album credits or the oh single credits, but she's in the video, at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, while Willis never scored another top 40 hit, he did go on to win two Emmy Awards for his acting on television, and, of course, would become a superstar in the movies, starring in such films as Die Hard, Armageddon, and The Sixth Sense. I really wish our, like, TV and movie stars did more of this now. Like, Eddie Murphy and Bruce Willis, like... Don Johnson. Don Johnson. And obviously, like, we have, you know, someone like J-Lo, who clearly is, like, a you know, huge superstar movie actress and then also, you know, 
makes music, but I just, I don't know. I want, like, a Ryan Gosling to put an album out or something. Well, he's on the La La Land soundtrack. <laughs> That's not all I'm going to get. <laughs> I mean, who knows? You could see after, you know, uh, the Academy Awards, if he performs the, on the show, maybe it'll enter the Hot 100, and Ryan Gosling will have a hit. Ryan Gosling pop star. Um, anyway, so there you go. 30 years ago this week, uh, Bruce Willis debuted on the Hot 100 with Respect Yourself. That's the end of our show this week. Uh, kind of a, uh, a, uh, a, I don't know, hefty, hefty soundtrack so- heavy, soundtrack heavy ish, <laughs> yes, sort of show. Um, any parting words? Oh man, just you know, welcome back, Keith. Uh, yeah, <laughs> welcome back to America. Welcome back to America. <laughs> welcome back to America. Trump's about to be president. <laughs> we're, we're making pop shops great again. <laughs> Um, what song should we go out on? Eddie Murphy, my girl wants to party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. Okay, uh, we'll go out on that and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.